Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Pardon the interruption, but I'm Frank Isola. Mike and Tony are off, but they told me they wanted me here because I've really taken the time to earn their trust. I'm Ina Kimes, and that's weird because they asked me and I've never even met him. That's not right. That's not right. It took me about five years to build up their trust, and they still don't trust me. It's like a part time thing. How are you? I'm good, even if I'm with you today. <laughs> even dressed alike. Look at that. I know. You got my memo. Thank you. I'm no, glad. Well, here we go. Welcome to PTI, everyone. Tony and Mike are taking a spa weekend, so I'm lucky to be joined by my great friend, who I mean great, Mina Kimes. <laughs> That's pretty Great's good. Great's a little strong, but thank you. <laughs> All right, let's start with some breaking news. Mina, the Sun Center, DeAndre Ayton, reportedly agreeing to a max four-year, $133 million offer sheet with the Indiana Pacers. The Suns have two days to match or they risk losing Aiton for nothing. Under the rules, once Aiton signs the offer sheet, he can't be part of a sign-in trade for, say, Kevin Durant. And if Phoenix matches, they can't trade him until January 15th. All right, Mina, should the Suns match this offer sheet? They don't really have a choice, yep. do they? Which is amazing because you know, I know, everybody knows they do not value DeAndre Ayton that way. They made that abundantly clear in the postseason. But to let him walk after, lest we forget, a very strong season would be disastrous for a team with championship aspirations. Frank, what shocks me about all of this is I can't help but wonder, did the Suns not see this coming? Obviously, ideally, they could have worked out some sort of sign-and-trade. This takes them out of the Durant sweepstakes, at least in the short term, as you noted. It sounds incredible to say this for a team that did finish with the number one seed and is running it back, but this feels like a huge L for Phoenix. Oh, I, I agree. And if you go back more than 10 years ago, they had Joe Johnson on their roster, and they could have gotten him relatively cheap when they were on the verge of being a championship team. And Robert Sarver, the owner, did not want to go into the luxury tax And Joe Johnson ended up leaving, and we never heard from the Phoenix Suns again. They never made it to an NBA Finals. And here you are, and you you talk about this year. They're a 64-win team. He's the starting center on a 64-win team, and he's the former number one overall pick. And by the way, I seem to remember a year ago, he played pretty well in the playoffs for them, and they made it to the Finals. So, many, you tell me. You know, they lose, and he's the one catching all the grief. What about Chris Paul? What about Devin Booker? They were all responsible for only scoring 27 points in Game 7 in the first half against the Dallas Mavericks. I don't understand. I think they have to match this. I think they know they have to do it. You have Chris Paul where he is, Devin Booker in the prime of his career. You have a 64-win team. You're just going to let the center walk like that? I don't believe it. I don't think so either. And it just feels bad because, you know, Recently, Phoenix Suns fans were dreaming of Kevin Durant. It seemed very realistic, and now it feels like a very, very unlikely uh, proposition. But you got to give credit here to DeAndre Ayton because what a nice turn of events for him, right? His team tells him, you don't mean much to us. We're devaluing it. You go out into the market. You get more than they want to pay you now. They have to pay you, and you have control over whether or not you're traded. Yeah, you're right. And let's remember now, he's agreed to it. At some point, I think within the next 
five or six hours, he'll sign it. So there's still a chance now for some kind of a sign and trade. But, you know, you mentioned how smart he is, and you know his agent, Bill Duffy. Bill Duffy's been doing this for a long time. Bill Duffy could have gotten a deal on June 30th. We're now two weeks into it. So clearly there was something in the works, and when it didn't come to fruition, Bill Duffy probably said, enough is enough. Let's, let me get my client $133 million. And I think Phoenix, they, they have, they, that's something they have to do. They have to match it. All right, let's move to a couple of surprise streakers. The Orioles beat Wilbon's Cubs <laughs> for the 10th straight win, while the Mariners, that's Mina's team, swept a doubleheader from Tony's Nats for their ninth and 10th wins in a row. Mina, are these fun blips, or should we take these teams seriously? Well, first I'd like to say, as a lifelong Mariners fan, perhaps somewhat paradoxically, I am the least biased person at ESPN <laughs> when it comes to talking about this team, and here's why. Because I do not trust them. Yeah. That is what happens when you endure two decades of pain and suffering. You do not allow hope to seep into your heart or wherever your heart used to be. And yet, while my heart is still skeptical, Frank, my head has to recognize this is a good baseball team. Yep. Because on this streak, and it goes longer than 10 games, they have played exceptionally well despite having players out due to suspensions, despite not having, not having Mitch Hanniger, who's best, one of their best hitters, despite having a pitching staff with the fourth-best ERA in war in baseball. And here, this is what's crucial, despite having the third – or, pardon me, now they have the third easiest schedule in the American League. On the other hand, you've got the Orioles' lovely story – They've got the sixth hardest schedule in baseball yeah. and a negative run differential. All right. So, of course, you failed to address the elephant in the room. That, let me take you back to June 10th when somebody we know threw at the first <laughs> pitch at a Mariners game, and then they went 3-8 and eight in their next 11 games. So if you take those 11 games out with you throwing out the first pitch, as I said, Malcolm Butler has a better chance of being invited back to Seattle to throw out a first pitch before you do. How dare but, you? But since then, you're right, though. And the Orioles are in the same boat. It's starting pitching – and bullpen, and the Orioles' bullpen during the streak has been outstanding. And offensively, they're batting 366. I'm talking about the Baltimore Orioles with runners in scoring position and two outs. So clutch hitting and pitching is what does it. But here's the thing about the Orioles. Think about these numbers. They're two wins away from matching their win total in 2018. They're seven wins away from matching last year's win total. Incredible. It's mid-July. They have 73 games left, and they're over 500. Every team in the AL East, Mina, is over 500, but that's also the problem. A bulk of their schedule will come against teams in the AL East, which will make it tougher for them. They have, they have a pretty good record. It's only about four or five games under 500 against the division, but I don't see this lasting. It's a great story. I don't see it lasting, though. No. It's a lot of good stats, except for the one you cherry-picked about my impact on the team <laughs> after that first pitch. That Three really and eight felt, uh, after you threw that pitch. Illogical. Uh, we got to expand that window, Frank. All exactly. right, speaking of expanding, let's move on. Uh, to the NFL, where the Athletic reports that Jimmy Garoppolo has resumed throwing following shoulder surgery. The Niners have, of course, been open about their hopes to deal Jimmy G, and the Seahawks are one of the few teams left that might be looking for an established starting quarterback. Frank, could you see the Niners trading Garoppolo to their division rivals? All right. If they believe that Trey Lance is the real deal, then I would do that deal. I don't mind about trading in the division. If I feel like I have the better quarterback, I have no problem with that. If I'm Seattle, though, I want to do this. I, maybe you're going to sit here and tell me that Geno Smith could be the answer. Jimmy Garoppolo, for a guy that's been in now six playoff games, and let me see, two of those are a conference championship game, and one of those happens to be the Super Bowl. Now, hang on. I get it. When he, he threw a terrible interception against Dallas, they still won the game. That final drive against the Rams, I don't know what he was doing on those final three plays, which include an interception. But the guy has accomplished a lot 
for somebody that gets kicked around and nobody thinks is any good. He was this close, Mina, to winning a Super Bowl, and he's better than Geno Smith. I'm doing that if I'm Seattle, and I would do it for the right deal if I'm San Francisco. Well, I, I agree with you that San Francisco would do it, but I do not know why Seattle would why do not? a trade. Well, here's why. Because Jimmy Garoppolo counts about $27 million on, the, this, on San Francisco's cap. If they cut him, they could save almost all of that because the way his contract is structured, there's not a lot of guaranteed money. Everybody in football knows that. They know that they are motivated to move on from him. So there's no reason to trade for him. They can just wait it out. It's like they're trying to sell a chair, but it's already outside their house. It might be a comfortable chair. It might look nice <laughs> in other people's living rooms. Maybe they fixed one of the arms. But, Frank, it's already on the curb. All Seattle or Cleveland perhaps has to do is just simply wait, unless they're comp- competing against each other, which I don't think is going to happen. All right, let me ask you this then. What do you think happens? Does he end up in Seattle? You think he ends up in Cleveland, which makes a lot of sense there because we don't know about Deshaun Watson's future. Very good chance that they're going to need a starting caliber quarterback. What happens? I think Cleveland is the most likely destination. But, of course, to your point, timeline matters here. they got to see what the suspension is for Watson. And as far as San Francisco goes, they have to get rid of him. There's no reason to keep that much money on their cap. Came this close to winning a Super Bowl. All right, elsewhere in the NFC West, tensions between Kyla Murray and the Cardinals appear to have eased. The two sides were super salty toward each other earlier this season. But ESPN's Jeff Darlington reports that contract talks are going smoothly and a deal before camp begins is a reasonable likelihood. All right, Mina, is a big deal for Kyla Murray a no-brainer for the Cardinals? I think it is. And I'm so triggered by you using playoff wins as a stat that I'm going to bring in an exceptionally (laughs) nerdy one here. It's one of my favorite stats, actually. It's called completion percentage over expectations from NFL Next Gen Stats. Basically, it looks at how many passes a quarterback should complete based on the difficulty of the throw and how much they've exceeded that by. Number one last year, Joe Burrow. Number two, Kyla Murray. He is a quarterback that you win games because of, not just with or despite of, or pardon me, or despite. And I think Arizona simply has to sign him because they've already extended Cliff Kingsbury and Steve Kime, yeah. the GM, who are far less deserving than the quarterback. <laughs> to me, they don't have any other choices. All right. Well, first of all, let me begin here. When I use a one-loss record for a quarterback, I, I use it when it supports my argument. All right? <laughs> now, I do agree with you on Kyla Murray. Quarterbacks are so hard to find, and it, I have some issues with him. I still, you know, he's still, uh, still too small for me. He was <laughs> awful in that Rams playoff game. Be fair yeah. now. And usually when you have a playoff game like that, that interception at the end of the first half, no excuse for that. And usually in those moments, it used to be back in the day, long before you were around, guys would disappear during the offseason. The last thing they do is ask for a contract extension, which is what he wants. But I get it, and I think he's playing it right. You think about all the players that they lost. DeAndre Hopkins won't be available the first six games. Here would be my other thing. They started out 7-0. They finished 4-7. Be fair now. Does that bother you a little bit? Is there some concern there? He did not finish strong. What bothered me most was Cliff Kingsbury's inability to make adjustments after DeAndre Hopkins went out. It's a concern I have going into the season. Kyler Murray? I am less concerned about. And Frank, to tie this to the beginning of the show, our first topic with the Suns and DeAndre Ayton, that price tag's only going yeah. up for no. Kyler Murray. Get a deal done if you're Arizona. And, and you're right. Listen, I do believe you can win with him. I don't think there's any question about it. These quarterbacks are so hard to find when you have one. You have to keep them. But he needs to do better because that playoff game against the Rams, you can blame everyone you want. That interception was on him, though. All right, let's take a break. But coming up, what should be the biggest takeaway from today's first round? Of the British Open. And how should Shohei feel about carrying the Angels yet again last night? Three and eight 
since you threw that pitch, they went. You take away those <laughs> 11 games, think about where they'd be in the standings. That's all on you. Pardon the Interruption is presented by Corona Extra. Find the fine life. Live la vida más fina. Part of happy hour. PTI fans, listen up. Have you heard you can listen to episodes of this very show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership? That's right. All your favorite PTI episodes can be heard on Amazon Music ad-free. But that's not all. You can listen to other top podcasts like The Low Post and First Take ad-free as well. They also have your favorite shows like The Daily, Part of My Take, and Up First, all without ads. You know what this means. Uninterrupted listening, so no more cliffhangers. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts, so we know they definitely have something for you. And it's already included in your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to Amazon.com slash PTI. That's Amazon.com slash PTI to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. You are watching Pardon the Interruption, presented by Corona Extra, part of Happy Hour. All right, it's time for What's the Word? Mike and Tony told me we should play this game because I seem so comfortable playing it. Really? They told me it would be easy to beat you. Excuse me? What's first? Excuse After me? carrying the Angels yet again last night, Shohei Otani must be feeling blank. Shohei should feel deserted. Think about this. He's 6-0 in his last six starts. The rest of the team, 6-19. and six and 19. Let me give you that to you again. Last 31 games, he's 6-0. and The rest of the staff is 6-19. and 19. Last night, six innings of one-hit ball. He struck out 12. And, oh, by the way, he had a two-run double, uh, two-run triple, that is, as well. Deserted's the word. My word is exasperated. I echo your sentiments. And about that 6-0 streak, he has an ERA of .45 in those yeah, games, Frank. Ridiculous. 58 strikeouts, two earned runs, only the fourth pitcher that's ever happened to. This should be the biggest story in baseball, but his star is unfortunately dimmed by the fact that nobody cares about his team. Speaking of that team, if I had to give them a word, Anaheim, I would go with <laughs> concern because yeah. Joey Otani is going to be a free agent in 2023, and you got to think he's got to want to win at some point. Mina, it's like uh, in Little League or in high school where the best player on the team pitches and is also your best hitter. This is happening at the major league level. Another interesting stat last night, he was the first Angels pitcher to get a triple since Nolan Ryan did in 1972. Now, I know with the implement of the DH, that was never going to happen again. But it just shows you how unique of a player this is. We're talking about a generational talent on both sides, pitching and hitting. There were a lot of people out there, and you know who you are, who didn't believe that he can do that. Really impressive. It wasn't me. Uh, all, right. all right, what's the next word? What do we got? 
After today's first round of the British Open, the storyline that intrigues you most involves oh, blank. Come on, this is an easy one. New York, because you think about all these great golfers. And by the way, Tiger Woods is a plus six on 146 plays. You have Rory, who I predicted yesterday would win it, is second. But at the top of the leaderboard, Cam Young, a New Yorker, who, by the way, the media actually asked him today, can you tell us about your journey on the streets of New York? And he responded, well, it's not really the streets. He's from Sleepy Hollow Country Club of all places. <laughs> Have you ever been up there? The Headless Horseman and everything else. I mean, come on. He, he's a, not from the mean streets, but he's a terrific golfer who, by the way, finished third at the PGA. He went to Wake Forest, attended Fordham Prep where Vince Scully, Donnie Walsh went to high school. Right now, the story of the tournament after day one, Cam Young from New York, Mina. As fascinated as I am, and I'm sure our viewers are, by Frank's <laughs> encyclopedic knowledge of the New York educational system and uh, greater area, I, I'm going to go with battle lines here yeah. because this is live versus non-live. Yeah. Like every event in golf, I know the golfers don't want it to be that way, but it is how we view the sport right now. Like, yes, it's exciting that Tiger's playing, but what's more exciting is that he came out swinging. Yes, we're watching Rory and DeChambeau, but we're looking at them as two players on opposite teams. And that's what's so fascinating about this, Frank, that essentially the live versus non-live melodrama has turned an individual sport into a team one. And I th can't help but look at it through that lens. And, and to your point, Scotty Scheffler tied for fourth with two live golfers, Dustin Johnson and Lee Westwood. By the way, the last time the Open was at St. Andrews, Rory could not play, had broken his foot the week earlier, kicking the ball around. You should know a little something about that. All right, that was the last word. Let's take one last break, but still to come is Sean Payton eyeing a comeback to coaching. Oh. And could Sam Darnold really have the upper hand over Baker Mayfield in Carolina? <laughs> That's a, that might be a hard, hard no on that one. Vivid Seats wants to get you to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch, assist, and game-winning shot live and in person. And the best part? Each transaction is a step toward a free 11th ticket with Vivid Seats rewards. Score unbeatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code PTI. That's code PTI. Visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Pardon the interruption is presented by Corona Extra. Find the fine life. Live la vida más fina. Part of happy hour. It's happy time, everyone. Happy 37th birthday, Darrell Rivas. Remember him, Rivas, who retired after the 2017 season and is seven years younger than Tom Brady, was a seven-time Pro Bowl cornerback and four times named first-team All-Pro. His side of the field was called Rivas Island because he was regarded as one of the top cover corners of his generation. Rivas was the anchor of a jet defense that made back-to-back -back AFC title games under Rex Ryan. He did win a Super Bowl, 
but it was with the Jets' hated rivals, the New England Patriots. Mina, where do you have Revis and his island on your all-time cornerback list? So amongst all-time cornerbacks, I'd probably rank him in that five to seven range. But amongst businessmen, contract negotiators, he is number one because Darrell Revis, for those who have forgotten, was an absolute legend at the bank. He won every contract he did, and that is not easy to do in the NFL, Frank. So Revis on his birthday got the blessing from Madam Football. I like that. All right, happy anniversary. Ken Griffey Jr. Does that name ring a bell, Mina? On this day, 30 years ago, Junior was named MVP of the Major League Baseball All-Star Game, a 13-6 win for the American League at old Jack Murphy Stadium in San Diego. Griffey was 3-for-3 with two RBIs, including a solo homer off future Hall of Famer Greg Maddox in the third. In fact, get this, there were 17 future Hall of Famers in this game, including Griffey, of course, Kirby Puckett, Cal Ripken, Ozzie Smith, Edgar Martinez. Ever heard of him, Mina? 12 years earlier in Dodger Stadium, the site of this year's game, Ken Griffey Sr. took home MVP honors. I'm beginning to think there was a Mariners quota for the year, and we're just trying to seriously <laughs> meet it in this show. So I'll continue that. I, I remember that game, and I'm hoping in this All-Star game we see a similar performance from Julio Rodriguez, who, Frank, might be the player who yeah. reminds me the most of Griffey really? on the Mariners, and that is, I know is high praise. By the way, three players in that game that did make the Hall of Fame, Roger Clemens, Barry Bonds, Mark McGuire. Interesting. Happy trails to 10 Royals competing in Toronto. Get this, they weren't permitted to enter Canada for the four-game series that starts tonight because they aren't vaccinated. They'll be temporarily replaced by minor league players. The 10 players include two of the team's top starters and four of their best five hitters. One of those hitters, all-star outfielder Andrew Benintendi, is the subject of ongoing trade rumors. But the New York Post, John Heyman, says the Yankees are unlikely to pursue him because he wouldn't be cleared to play in road games against their division rival. Oddly, Heyman says the Blue Jays themselves are still considering Benintendi in the hopes that he'll get the vaccine if he's dealt there. Royals president Dayton Moore told Sports Illustrated last night, I think if our team were in a different part of the standings, it would be different. The Royals, 35 and 53. That's good for last place in the AL Central. This all just feels so terribly cynical, right? Like normally yeah. with athletes and vaccination, we hear about their principles or what they do or don't want to put into their body. This is about whether they think they can win. Like potentially what we're seeing or hearing here is these players won't get the shot unless they have a shot. And, and Frank, I am kind of stunned that it's come to this. Yeah, Ben Intendi could say, Toronto, don't trade for me. I'm not going to get the shot. But he could tell the Yankees, I'll go there. I'll get the shot. I'd rather play for you. So he actually has some yeah. leverage in this weird kind of way. All right, we do have one error, and this is very disappointing. We apologize. Mina referred to Shohei Otani's team as the Anaheim Angels. How can you do that? It's the Los I Angeles Angels. Well, I still, I still say San Diego Chargers, so uh, don't worry about it. All right, we're running out of show. Let's go to the big finish. The Miami Herald reports that Sean Payton would be interested in coaching the Dolphins, Chargers, or Cowboys, but he would never, ever lobby for a job that's currently filled. Your thoughts? He doesn't have to because the mere specter of him potentially coaching the Cowboys is looming over Mike McCarthy this season. Yeah. All right, Frank, Yankee starter Luis Severino exited last night's game with shoulder pain. Significant? Yeah, it's significant. Shoulder, elbow pain for a pitcher is significant. Aaron Boone, the manager, after an MRI, says he'll likely go on the injured list. All right, Panthers radio announcer and former quarterback Jake DeLone tells CBS that he thinks Sam Darnold has the upper hand over Baker Mayfield. You agree with that? 
I think they should just hope that upper hand throws fewer interceptions. And that applies to both of the quarterbacks in this competition, Frank. Pirates shortstop O'Neill Cruz had a throw to first this afternoon that clocked at 97.8 miles per hour. Same as my first pitch. Impressed? <laughs> He's a fun player. By the way, Sean Dunstan, when he played for the Cubs, I thought he threw it harder than anybody. Last one, Tom Brady tells Variety he won't join Fox in the booth for the playoffs if the Bucks don't make them. Are you surprised? I'm more suspicious. We're talking about a guy who fake retired. Yeah. Come on. Another, another potential job opening for you, believe it or not. We're out of time. <laughs> Thanks for watching. I'm Frank Isola. And I'm Mina Kimes. You can get the PTI podcast on the ESPN app or Apple Podcasts. And now, here's SportsCenter. By the way, tomorrow, I'll wear light, you wear dark. <laughs> I know you called to see what I was wearing. Sports Agreed. Center. Now, see you tomorrow.